I am so privileged to share uh, the word of the Lord. Now, <clears throat> you have to help me a little bit. Uh, I still at times uh, teach in Portland Bible College, which is 40-some years old now. And if you're not taking notes, you're not listening. Uh, at least take down the addresses, you know, <laughs> the scriptures, because how many have ever sat through a service and you kind of were bored because it's kind of slow developing, and uh, suddenly you realize where he's going, and what were those scriptures now? So uh, I am coming with a message that because of this, these two people here, they've emanated it, that I want to speak on it. Uh, and so what I want to talk to you about is probably one of the most important uh, Christian factors there is in the Bible. And that's, I'm going to call what I want to share in the next few minutes, the power of a positive attitude or the power of a faith attitude. The power of a faith attitude. <clears throat> it changed my life many, many years ago when I realized that without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. You must believe. The word belief is a very interesting word. Uh, it's taken in the Greek two parts. The word be means to live or exist. And the latter part of the word belief means to be in accordance with. So if you believe something, you live in accordance with it. That's why the Bible is so full of the word faith, because that's connected with belief. And if, if you believe something, you live in accordance with it. If, for example, right now I would say to you, there's a bomb up here, and you've got 60 seconds to get out of this building. What would you do? <laughs> if you believed that was true, you'd make a, a mad dash for that door. Is that right? But if you weren't sure, maybe just kind of fooling around, maybe that box up there isn't going to hurt anybody, you wouldn't move. See, the difference in believing is that what you believe, you live in accordance with it. Whatever you believe, you live in accordance with it. That's why this book is so important, because it tells you what to believe. Now, you don't have to, but, the, but if you don't believe what this book says, you don't get this book. You know, you sang about the whole service here, uh, the different names of God and what it produces and so on, uh, because that is the key of Christian living. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. Well, praise God, we have eternal life. We're going to go to heaven someday, and that's wonderful. But then he went one more step, and that you might have it, what? more abundantly, not just life to go to heaven someday, but right down in this nasty now and now, he wants you to have an abundant life. Well, how do you have abundant life? 
Well, that's what I want to talk to you about. There are three levels of faith. Now, you, this word many years ago changed my life because I was not a faith person. You know, I, I saw all the problems and, and uh, I was concerned about the future and, and how was it going to work out and, and uh, where's the money coming from and, and all kinds of negative things. But, and, and I didn't have, even though I was a Christian, I didn't have an abundant life. I didn't have an abundant life. I had a life. I knew I was going to heaven, but, you know, it's going to take a little while to get there. <laughs> and meantime, back on the ranch, how do you live it? How do you live it today? How do you live it tomorrow? <clears throat> how, how are you going to live it 10 years from now? Should Jesus tarry? He wants you to have an abundant life. And he gives you the key in the Bible. And it's called faith. There are three levels of faith. One is found over in Ephesians 2.8. You know this scripture. For by faith you are saved through, or by grace you are saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. So there's what we call saving faith. You cannot get saved without this word faith involved. It's your believing process. Without that believing process involved, you can think about it all you want to, but until you believe it, that Jesus Christ died for you, that, <clears throat> that he bore your sins, that he was raised from the dead, you can't be saved. You can be religious, you can go to church all you want to, but until that faith uh, kicks in, you can't have life. You're, you, you're under damnation. You're, you're lost. You, your eternal future is not secure without trusting and putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Then there's in 1 Corinthians 12. I don't see you writing. If you don't write a little bit, even if you're drawing pictures, uh, I think you're listening. 1 Corinthians 12 is called the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts, there's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of them is the gift of faith. Now the gift of faith is different from saving faith. Saving faith is something that you activate by your believing, by your accepting the word of God and all that Jesus has done for us. The gift of faith is a gift given to you. It, it's given to you in the most unusual circumstances. Have you ever been, and, and I think this kicks in every once in a while, you can't live in it, but you have an impossibility facing you. It's an impossibility. There's no way you're going to get out of this situation or the finances are going to be there. Maybe it's a physical, maybe it's a relational and, and you're, you see the, the impossibilities. Then, suddenly, something happens to you inside. And you, you suddenly believe, hey, this is going to work out. God's going to heal me. God's going to provide for me. God's going to open the door. I'm going to be a winner. I'm not going to be a loser. What is that? Just suddenly from the negativity that you had, suddenly 
you're excited because you know it's going to work out. That's called a gift of faith. It doesn't always, not always there, but it comes when you have impossibilities. Then, the, so we have the saving faith, the gift of faith, then we have the attitude of faith. Now, this is what the attitude of faith is all about. It's determined by what you believe about any given subject or situation. Now, let me, let me put that down. Now, remember, it says, without faith, and we'll get into this, it's impossible to please God. So, a faith attitude is very important to all of us. If we're believers, now if you're not a believer, you've got to come in through saving faith, and then you can walk with an attitude of faith because suddenly this book is alive. It's the, it's the instruction book of life. Without it, you're on your own. Figure it out, you know, and you can see what's happening in the world today. They're trying to figure out how to live, and they're in drugs and sex and, and pornography and all kinds of addictions and because they don't have a rule book. They don't have a road map. This is a road map to abundant life. So when I talk about a faith attitude, it's determined by what you believe about any given situation. This means all day long. It means seven days a week. What do you believe about this situation. That's because you, you have to walk through life and everything is not smooth, but how do you handle it? You can handle it two ways. You can handle it by fear or by faith. Amen. You can handle it by believing or unbelief. It's, it's in your hands. It's a choice. In fact, remember the Bible says in Deuteronomy, God said, I set before you a choice. I set before you life and death. Choose life. It's a choice. Now, I'm, I'm getting down into the trenches. Every day when you get up in the morning, what's that day going to be like? You have to choose. You can choose life or you can choose death. You can choose fear or you can choose faith. You can choose believing God's word or you can be full of unbelief over in in Hebrews there's a scripture there that's very interesting it's over in Hebrews uh, the 11th chapter I believe it's 11th chapter uh, it says they had an evil heart of unbelief in fact that it's actually in, in Hebrews 6 in Hebrews 6. Now he said they had an evil heart. Who was he talking to? He wasn't talking about the Philistines. He was talking about Israel. They had an evil heart of unbelief. You see, so I'm, I'm addressing primarily to you who are believers. It's possible for you to sin because of your faith or lack of it. Now, we don't call unbelief sin. We call, you know, adultery and stealing and lying, things like that. We call that sin. The worst sin you can have in your life is unbelief. 
you can say, God, I don't believe you. You did all that, I don't believe it. And you think you're going to have abundant life? You might go to heaven having all the negative attitudes of faith. Now, let me tell you something, because this is a, a real key. There is a difference between the Word of God and facts. The Word of God and facts. Now, we like to live by facts. We like to live by our five senses. And God gave us five senses, the, the smelling, the hearing, the seeing, the tasting, and so on, five senses. And we like to believe that by these five senses, all things work out. In 1 Corinthians 2.8, it says, we do not live by sight, we live by faith. Now, I, I, here's where you have to understand, because if you don't understand this point, abundant life will not always be there. Facts will often tell you it's impossible. Facts will tell you you're dead in the water. Facts will tell me, tell you there is no hope. That's what facts will often tell you. What you see, what you hear, what you touch. One day I was, uh, <clears throat> many years ago, I was at a conference. I went to a conference in Kansas City, Missouri. In Kansas City, Missouri, there was a men's conference. There was about 5,000 attended that men's conference in Kansas City. And I decided to go there late. And so when I checked the hotels, they were, they were all filled. All the hotels in Kansas City were filled because of this big conference. The only hotel that I could get into was the, one of the oldest original hotels in Kansas City, Missouri. It was almost 100 years old. It was an old but big built out of big wooden timber and what they did in that day. So I checked in, not thinking too much. When I walked into the lobby, the floor squeaked, which meant it was wood, and it squeaked. And I thought, man, this thing is old. And it was, you know, ornate, but old. And I said to myself, man, if this thing ever caught on fire, <laughs> it would burn fast, you know, big, big hunk of wood. And, uh, and that little thought came in my mind. I checked in, and the only room they had left was on the 10th floor, which was the top floor of this old, old building. I got on the elevator, and it was one of these that you weren't sure it was going to make it. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, ten floors up. So I got up to the tenth floor, and <clears throat> that night I went to bed, and about two o'clock in the morning I heard, that was a siren. I jumped out of bed, because I had this little thought, if this thing ever catches on fire, I'm on the 10th floor. <laughs> I ran over to the window, and the window was, uh, my side was in kind of like an alley, and I tried to look down out 
because I knew I heard a siren. And I saw a red light flashing against the, the, the building next to the alley. So immediately, you know, my little brain goes off. There's, there's, that was the siren. That was uh, a flickering red light of a, a fire truck. You know what? I began to smell the smoke. I mean, and I've never been in a hotel fire, and I'm on the 10th floor of this riggedy old building, and, uh, and I'm actually sleeping in my shorts, my underwear, and so what do I do? You know, because now I'm panicky, because I smell the smoke, I heard the siren, I see the red flashing, and so I'm kind of walking in a circle, trying to figure out what to do. Well, my modesty came over, so I grabbed my pants and pulled them on, so I'm still naked on the top, and, and uh, for some reason I grabbed my Bible, because, you know, that's pretty important to me. So I go to the door, and then I remember you don't open a door if there's fire, because it can just suck it right into your room. So I, I cracked the door... And sure enough, I could see layers of smoke. Layers of smoke. I mean, I'm scared to death. I'm shaken. I thought, I gotta get out of here. So I ran over to the elevator, and then I remember, you don't get on an elevator <laughs> if there's a fire. <laughs> so I'm 10 floors up, barefooted, half naked with my Bible. So I start down this steel-girdered fire escape, around and around and around. Ten floors is a long ways to run barefooted down steel girders. <laughs> I'm going around and around, and I'm expecting the firemen to be coming up any time because this place is on fire. I mean, I smell it, I see the smoke, I hear the siren, you know, and I'm just... So here's this half-naked guy, barefoot, with his Bible running down this stairway to try to save his life. No fireman, but I burst into the lobby and an old guy was sitting there at the desk, kind of looked over at me like, where'd he come from? <laughs> you can imagine now, I got a Bible, I'm half naked, <laughs> and I slowed down because I figured the place would be full of firemen by this time. I know I smelled the fire. I saw the, the, the waves of layers of smoke. I felt a little stupid, but I know, I, you know, my five senses said this place is burning. I went outside, and sure enough, there was a fire truck out there, and out in the parking lot, in one of the little stands, they were putting out a little electric heater fire. That was it. I, I walked back in. I mean, I'm sure they thought I was a nut, you know, half naked carrying a Bible. <laughs> I, w I went back up on the elevator. <laughs> but you know, what I just said to you, you can't trust your five senses. When it comes to walking with the Lord, 
you may see negativity, you may think, and this is impossible, but there's one level higher than your five senses. It's called the Word of God. The Word is higher than your senses. Now you need your senses, but it's higher. Now, turn over to the kind of the faith chapter, you know where I'm probably going, over to Hebrews 11. Would you turn over there? And uh, I want to I read a little bit here to help us understand the power of a faith attitude. In verse 6, I've already quoted it, but I want to read it. <clears throat> of Hebrews 11, 6. But without faith, it's what? Impossible. You've got to remember that now. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, believe, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently, or one translation says, correctly seeks him. Now, if you turn over to verse 1, it actually tells you what faith is a component of. Now faith, so we're talking about right now, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, let me just break that down just for a moment, because if you don't understand how faith operates, you can't use it. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One translation which I like says, now faith is the title or deed of things hoped for. The evidence that you have what you have not yet seen. Now, most of us know today that if you're going to have a car, you have a title or a house, you have a title to the car or to the house, which is the legal part of the car. Is that right? So if somebody would say to you, I'm going to give you a car, a brand new Mercedes. Anyone want to take it? <laughs> I see it, two or three hands. <laughs> and I say, look, here's the title. Go down and pick it up. What is more important now? Challenge your thoughts. The title or the car? The title is the legal part of your ownership. If I give you a car and no title, they can take it away from you. And that's what happens a lot of times in our unbelief. We, we don't have a title to it. We don't have the Bible. We don't have the Word of God. We don't have the, the, the legal aspect of the promise of God. Now, we're talking about abundant life now. So, so if we don't have the title, we might think, well, here's the supply, but tomorrow it could be taken away. But if we have the title, if we have the evidence that we have what we haven't seen, that's faith. Once you haven't seen it by the legal document, you don't need faith for what you now have received. But you need faith to walk in life for those things that are not yet fulfilled. Now, 
like you say, most every day of our life we go through times when, boy, this is a tough journey. How, how am I going to uh, make it through this situation? Well, have you noticed that God put in his word thousands of promises? You, you can't read this book without realizing this book has six to seven thousand promises that cover every situation of our life. Amen. We sang it today. You know, he's, he's a provider, he's a healer, you know, he's our victory, he's our strength, he's absolutely everything. Everything. Now, the, the key of, of this faith attitude is how do we produce it? Now, we know, number one, listen to me carefully, because here's my point. Faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing the word of God, right? Faith comes by hearing. But faith, listen to me now, is released by speaking. Faith isn't released until you speak it. You can think it all you want, and Jesus is my Lord, but unless you confess it with your mouth, you can't be saved. You're not saved just because of the thought up here. There is a creative force in every single one of us that opens the door to abundant life if we know how to talk. Now, that's why I'm using a broad sense here, the power of a faith attitude. I've been a pastor, actually started pastoring when I was 21. And uh, when I turned the church over to a spiritual son, it was 3,500 people plus 50 outreach churches. Now, I have to say without false humility, I learned something. <laughs> I'm 83 years old. I know I look 59, but I'm 83 years old. Been full-time ministry for 60 years. And I've learned something very simple. I've learned when people have a faith attitude. That's why I love your pastors, because they have a faith attitude. Amen. You don't have to be around a person with a faith attitude very long and you can sense it by what they say about any situation. In my church, I knew there were certain people I did not ask them, how are you today? <laughs> oh, I got a pain, and all things aren't too good, and I don't know about it. So I don't ask them. I have other people, how are you doing today? And I know they're in fighting maybe a physical problem. By faith, by his stripes, I'm healed. I know they're having a, a, a real tough time with this recession and all. How you doing? My God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. See what I mean by a faith attitude? 
These words are creative. How did God create the earth? God said, let there be light. God said. He didn't think it. God spoke it. The Bible says that we're created in the what? Image of God. We have the same characteristics as our creator. We're children of God. So if that's true, then what comes out of our mouth is going to determine what kind of life we have. We can have an evil heart of unbelief and because and, we all go through all kinds of weird things. Uh, let me just, a little side trip here. In New York, and we have some New Yorkans here, many years ago they took 100 centurions. That means people who have lived 100 years. And they took 100 centurions because they wanted to find out why they had long life. How come these people lived 100 and the average person's out of here 68 or 74 or whatever, and these people, 100 of them, lived to be 100 years old. And they couldn't find any common denominators as to why they had longevity. Some were poor, some were rich, some were uh, PhDs, some were grade school or less education, some were just hard trench diggers, others were CEOs in their hundred years. They couldn't find any common denominator until they discovered two things. One, now we're, we're, we're talking about the public now. I'm not talking about just Christians. They had the ability to see something good in everything and every person. Amen. Now, that's pretty tough because I know some guys I don't see much good in them. <laughs> but they think, well, you know, if this guy get a little education, he can go somewhere. Hey, this guy's a good communicator. Man, can he play the guitar? And they could see something good in the worst. And number two, they were able to get over tragedies quickly. They didn't bereave after they lost a spouse for a year and died. You know that often happens when you lose a spouse. Within a short time, the other one's gone because they can't get over the grieving. They can't get on their feet again emotionally. Those two things, well, you know, they're biblical. God, these, even though it's like if a man tithes, he'll be blessed. And so a lot of unbelievers tithe and they're blessed. It's a principle with God. It is. It's a principle with God. We heard it this morning. You sow sparingly, what? Sow abundantly, you reap abundantly. See? These are principles. That's why this book is the key of abundant life. Now, you can stumble in it. They still don't have eternal life. 
but those principles are there. That's what is a faith attitude. Every believer should have a faith attitude. Every believer. Not just some of the spiritual ones. No. Now, one of the greatest scriptures that changed my life, and I want you to turn over it in your Bible, because what I'm saying to you might save one person's life here, because God does not bless unbelief. God does not bless an evil heart of unbelief. And God is listening. There are, are, are scriptures. One, before I read Romans, let me read uh, Matthew 12. Write it down, 34. For out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure, this is unbelief now, brings forth evil things. He says, by your words you will be justified, or by your words you will be condemned. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not a Ph.D. I don't have a degree in, in psychology or anything. I just have a, good, a, 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 a degree in loving this book, whatever that is. Now, turn over to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, uh, or excuse me, I want uh, 10. Hebrews 10. And I'm going to pick it up in verse 6. But the righteousness of faith, I want you to notice this now, speaks on this way. Do not say who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Why? Because he's already come. So we don't say who's going to do it because it's done. Or who will ascend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ from the dead because it's all, it doesn't say that. Now, follow me carefully. But what does it say? Your words now. What does it say? The word is near you in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess, verse 9, with your mouth. We're talking about something very important here. If you will confess with your mouth, Jesus is your Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's simple. Not of works. Verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. It's got to be a heart thing. It can't be just a mental thing. I believe this. And with the mouth, listen, confession is made unto salvation. There is no salvation until it's spoken with your mouth. Amen. Repentance, my faith is in Jesus. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to believe in him. I love him. And I get all the goodies. Just because I said it with my heart, I believe it. So, Colossians 2.6, listen to this. As you receive Christ, 
so walk in him as you receive Christ. How did you receive Christ? You confessed with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and that God raised him from the dead and he's alive. And confession with my mouth is made unto the Lord. That's how I received him. And therefore, as you receive Christ, so what? Walk in him. That means the principle that brought you into salvation is the principle you walk by. Now, if all believers would buy that, their whole life changes. Doesn't mean you don't have tragedies, doesn't mean you don't have difficult times, but you have a pathway through it. You have abundant life by the words of your mouth. I want to close now with one more scripture. And uh, I believe it's found. I see they're putting them up, so I better make sure. <laughs> I believe it's found in, in Mark, Luke, or Mark, the 11th chapter. Yes, in verse 22 and 23. Listen, Jesus said to them, have faith in God. Believe. Believe. Not just in that he existed, but believe him. So when you believe in God, you believe his word. You can't say, well, I believe in Dick Iverson, but I don't trust his word. Well, then you don't believe in me. You believe I'm a liar, right? If you don't believe my word. Well, you can't believe in God and reject this. No way you can do it. And so he says, have faith, believe in God, and then he goes on and says, Assuredly, I say unto you, listen carefully now, whoever says to this mountain, now we're not talking about a physical mountain, but whatever is a mountain in you, your way right now, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he, what? Says will be done, he will have whatever he what? Says. That's powerful. That is powerful. That means right now, if you're lost, you can be saved. If you're in trouble, you can get through it. If you lack finances, you can remove that mountain. If you, if you have a relationship problems, you can speak to it. If you have a bitterness problem, you can speak to that bitterness. Bitterness, be gone in the name of the Lord Jesus. Because he's given you promises. Uh, when I was 19, just starting out in the ministry, I started out preaching in Jamaica. And that was where I, I started. And I had, before I started preaching, I was very negative in my walk. I, I thought God was a big tyrant with a big stick waiting for me to make a mistake. I was raised in a very legalistic church. Everything that was fun was sin <laughs> as a teenager. So I, when I started out, I had no confidence in God. I was afraid of God. And God spoke to me and said, I want you to memorize 30 scriptures. Okay, I'm 19. And so I started memorizing. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Greater is he that's within me. The Lord is my strength. 
just, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And I just took 30 of those real healthy, clear uh, promises. And I put them in my mental computer. Boom, 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 boom. I memorized them. And suddenly I realized every time I had a certain kind of problem, I had a tool to bring that problem down. You say, well, that's just kind of a kooky way. Wait a minute. Are you saying Jesus was kooky? When he faced problems and the devil says, you've been fasting 40 days, if you're the son of God, turn those stones into bread. Now he's hungry. But what did he do? He told the devil, it is written. It is written. Every temptation, every problem, every circumstance. What did the Lord do? He said, it is written. It is. Now, the Son of God had to quote God, the Bible, the Word of God, because that's what it was. It's out of the Old Testament, but it was the Word of God. What makes you think you can outsmart the devil? You know, it's not a matter, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. No, 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 no. Go to the word. It is written. My God shall supply. It is written. If I confess with my mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in my heart that God's raised him from the dead, I will be saved. It's that simple. And as you received him, so walk ye in him. Every one of us, without being a prophet, you got a mountain. There's a mountain. There's always mountains. There's always uh, the enemy trying to destroy your faith with a circumstance. You can succumb to it. You can say, well, this time I'm, I'm out and I can't make it. It won't work. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose everything. I'm, I can't ever have my kids back because they don't want to talk to me. And you can just go through mountains after mountains and be a loser. Or you can have a faith attitude that whenever the enemy comes, it is written, Satan. It is written. It is written. And you will see miracle after miracle, and it's called abundant faith.